Hello and welcome to the Stream Deck Podcast. This is your host, the Holy Grail. And first of all, I want to apologize because we started recording a little bit after we started, so I wasn't able to introduce everyone. In the panel today, we have Striking Viking, Clutch, Ansel Armstrong, The Scan, Jojo Pat, Paul Cinney, and myself. We discuss some topics involving Movember, some really tragic situations and how mental health can affect all of us, but also some positive aspects of it as well. If you guys are faint of heart, I might tell you guys to not listen to this, but I think it's really important that we all listen to these stories and we learn from each other. This is the introduction of the Stream Deck podcast. This is one of the deep topics we dive into and we'll probably touch on again. That being said, I hope you guys Enjoy it. If you do, leave a five-star review, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do. We're going to be putting out episodes almost weekly featuring some of the greatest streamers on Twitch and some of the greatest YouTubers as well. That being said, hope you guys enjoy this. Let's get to it. left and then yes, uh, you can do whatever right, you want with right it out through the month um bottom left or i guess middle left we have the scan who um if you guys don't know um we're we're gonna be starting this you know i don't know how often we're gonna do it but uh me and scan are gonna be hosting this um called the stream deck we came up with this little idea of you know bringing a bunch of content creators on and you know having open discussions on you know the stuff that matters in this world and and maybe some things that don't but um uh, scanned our, uh, you know, our Yankee fan that uh, loves Glaber Torres way too much. So <laughs> you already know, you know how. <laughs> He's got a shrine in the bag. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And, and then uh, next to scan we have JoJo. Uh, he he's a you know up and coming streamer. Uh, awesome positive vibes from him. Um, and so I you know I thought it'd be great to get someone with somewhat of a newer you know experience with this whole streaming thing and everything else. So, you know, I'd love to have you here too, Jojo. Appreciate you coming. And uh, last but not least is my man Paul Cinney. Um, you know we had to bring Paul on. You know always you know the hot takes and the uh, you know the strong commentary. So, you know that's our panel today. So, um. Today's topic, you know, we're going to be covering Movember. This is, you know, something very near and dear to my heart. I have been uh, raising money for Movember since high school. Um, and, you know, one of the big parts about Movember is uh, spreading awareness, not always, you know, donating, but, you know, a big thing is spreading awareness on something um, that a lot of us deal with. And especially as streamers, um, you know, we deal with things like stress and anxiety and pressure and depression. So, um, I thought it'd be really important to have this conversation today. So if you guys would like to learn more, exclamation point Movember to see the foundation. They raise a lot of money for uh, good causes and um, in support of uh, things like mental health and uh, prostate cancer and things like that. So um, I'm just going to get this started. Anyone can jump on or, you know, we can kind of go go around and, and share our experiences. But of, co of course, um, COVID has been, you know, it's impacted all of our lives this year and um, kind of changed, you know, especially how I look at, at life. Um, so I just kind of want to go around the board and, and ask, uh, how has COVID kind of changed your aspect of life and, and what have you learned about yourself through, through all this? It's kind of a deep one, but... Um, 
You know, I, just, I feel like we should just we should just freaking bite the bullet and and get there. You know what I mean? Shoot. Well, I feel like I feel like COVID has really um, well contained us. Contained us, man. We've been like you know we've all been going through quarantined and freaking we haven't been able to socialize how we normally would. Like this is how we're socializing now. This mm-hmm. is literally how we're socializing now. We're talking through a web call over the internet. Like we're not able to do this every week, every Friday, every Saturday with the boys anymore at the bar, you know, and you know, it's really hard to, you know, just be social. And now like when things started to open up again and you started to see your friends again, it's like, you can't even look them in the eye anymore because you're afraid. Like, yeah, (laughs) or something. It's just like, there's so much anxiety behind that. It's like, because it's like you may not know if you have it, but it's like you think you still could be carrying it. You know, it's just like yeah. there's so much anxiety. There's so many factors. And, you yeah. know, it's, personally, it's I like haven't life. even gone. I, I haven't really even gone to a bar or anything like that this year. And like you guys know, I don't you know, I I drink a fairly decent amount. Um, And, um, you know. And not, and not always when I go to the bar, but it's more of like, you know, like the social aspect. So it's definitely tough to just come home, especially after like a long day at work. And, you know, you, you usually look forward to happy hour with the boys or whatever. And, you know, it's just not there anymore. So, but I am super appreciative of people like all you guys that, you know, I can kind of lean on during these times. Um, I think for me, COVID, the way it's affected my household in general is uh, I just had a baby uh, last October, um, and with COVID, we're not able to take him places within his first year of life, show him anything, um, appointments, only one parent can go in, Yeah, and uh, it can get frustrating. Uh, one thing I've noticed with me because of COVID, I see the same walls every day just about, I no air, no nothing. I find myself getting more angry than I used to. My, my patience is I feel more that. than it has been. And uh, I mean, nobody deserves that, obviously. And you take it out on the people around you that are around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, that COVID has affected me the most there mentally is I just find my, my patience isn't there as much as it used to be. Just a little bit more irritable now. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, it's it's tough, especially if you go to somewhere like the gym to to, you know, de-stress or you know, other places, like, for me, it's the bar, and, like, you know, I'm going to see my friends and stuff like that, or, you know, so, I definitely can understand that. Yeah, I know, I know for me, I certainly wouldn't be sitting here talking to y'all right now if it weren't for, you know, COVID, because whenever everything kind of shut down in March, that's what kind of made me change up how I approach things, and what made me, you know, start creating content for OB, and ended up meeting all the awesome people that I have met in the last year so like for all the for all the bad that has happened and especially for until like a month ago i was living alone the entire time too so like that was a lot of tough times but i can also look back through all that i know i wouldn't be sitting here and i would have met anybody that's sitting here in this room or in the chat or or where else if it hadn't been for that so that you're saying that, that kind it kind of gave you the opportunity to right to, yeah, to yeah, grind yeah, on, on that, youtube and everything else right yeah for me as odd as it may sound but like like things really hadn't changed 
like the craziest for me personally. Like, if there's anything that sticks out with me personally that has changed the most, it's just the the family interactions. Like, my grandparents live 10 minutes away from us here, so we would always go see them and stuff, and now we're so limited in how we interact with that. But, like, I really haven't, like, had too much personal change, even though, like, I'm worried about, like, all the stuff, so I'm not like, acting like COVID doesn't exist. But, like, nothing has been forced upon me yet, but, like, it's always just looming in the back of my head about, like, what happens if this person I know gets COVID? And I still, that's why I take the whole thing seriously still, because just the potential, I just get fearful of what could happen yeah. with me or any of my family members. I have, uh, fam my, my mom has been going through stuff where she's going back to the hospital and getting tests and stuff. And I always get worried, like, oh, if I get COVID, mm -hmm. what if she gets COVID and that stalls everything she's been dealing with? And I think about all that stuff. And, like, yeah, I think kind of like what you guys are saying before. Like, I think it's done a good job of bringing me to together with this whole thing with content creating and that. You know, it's made this a more comfortable thing for me, knowing how many other people have gotten into this kind of thing as of late. And even though like I join Zoom calls and I have to like make my camera look intentionally bad so people don't ask, "Hey, you, why do you have a good webcam?" <laughs> yeah, like, right. It's like it's that kind of thing where it's like you know, I'm just I'm. I'm adjusting to it, and I wouldn't have been able to do any of this if it weren't for COVID at the end of the day, because there's probably a lot of other opportunities that have come through this, so. Okay. I think for... Uh, go ahead, Clutch. No, go ahead. Okay. For me, it was it was weird. Um, uh, I was actually working on a capstone project, and one of my capstone partners, uh, she is from Wuhan, and so I had kind of heard a lot about it from her because her mom was in lockdown in Wuhan back in like uh, January or February or before we started locking down everything like that. So it's kind of interesting to hear her. But my grandmother, she was like one of the first people um, in Washington, her nursing home got affected with COVID and she was in the ICU for a bit. Um, she survived. She made it through everything in her nursing home. Um, but yeah, it was just weird. Final quarter of college, it was like Zoom calls and then graduation, Zoom, and then yeah. fire season. It was you're not going into fire camp. You're going to go sleep in the most random spots ever. And we're going to bring out food to you. And it was just like a really big hassle. You go into camp for a shower every you know week and you have to wear masks and they have to screen you, do your temperature and everything. And it's just been, it's been a lot weird. And, and now I can't even find work when, you yeah. know, back in March, April, there's a lot of forestry work to do, but because all the budget cuts and everything else like that, they're not, really wanting to hire you know many yeah. people so it's definitely pushed me more into content creation stuff but it's been a very interesting uh roller coaster of a year when it comes to like family being involved with covid school and then work with fire being really impacted and everything like that definitely yeah i i definitely understand my my brother graduated from college too and we we tried to reschedule and reschedule, but they they kept pushing it out, and then ultimately no one you know no one graduated in person. So, you know, I I I feel for the people who are like in college or like trying to trying to do something that you know, you know, obviously a lot of people go to college for a degree, but a lot of people go there for that social experience, and I can't even imagine mm -hmm. like being a freshman or sophomore and just you know sitting in your dorm for you know two years and then and everyone tells you how great 
uh, you know, colleges and all that, and you're just, you know, kind of stuck just racking up your, your bills, you know? Well, I don't know how it was for other people in college, but my classes, one of my classes was just completely half-assed. It was just, yeah. you can't do hive of it it's supposed to be like, fuel. we're supposed to like fly drones, do a bunch of drone mapping, and then do some other like drone work, and we couldn't even do that because of COVID. So I'm kind of curious if other colleges out there had the same thing where teachers were like, I don't know what to do, so here's a few things to read, and you're still going to get like a 4.0 in the class. Yeah, you wonder like the the lasting effects of all this. Especially yep. like yeah. something like medical school or something or or, or yep. something like that where you have to be in person with other people. And I know that those things have kind of taken a step back too, so. Yeah, the teaching program that I'm in has been all hell basically since I'm, COVID. I can now. imagine. And like the the whole thing that's an issue is because there are like certifications that you need to, like things you need to do for certification and the school's been like trying to work around it, but like they're doing things they can't. And it's just like it's all been a mess since this whole thing went down, especially since a lot of people suck with the the online technology, especially in education. Like a lot of those people struggle at a lot of hands on like, learners. Think this whole thing, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's tough, man. And then you wonder, like, once you're once you're learning, you know, online, but once things, you know, go back to normal. And you gotta teach in person if that's gonna impact anything. I that's just kind of how I mm -hmm. I see it. But Paul, do you have anything no, to definitely. add? I mean, I feel like we're we kind of all have adapted, right? I mean, that's yeah. all you can do. Like we've all, yeah. The whole thing, you know, I get people all the time coming in the stream saying, "Oh, school sucks right now," or "I'm you know <clears throat> doing online classes and I hate it," or you know, I see like the 14 year old kids in my stream they're like hey i'm I'm watching you while i'm in english class at the same time and i'm like cool dude <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> i mean i would do that too if i was in school but i mean this weird it's just been weird man i mean back in february i had uh brad and my buddy knowledge come out to see me in new york and then that seems like forever ago and yeah. that was actually like a week, a week or two before i think the whole covid thing actually hit because they had no problems coming out with flights or anything it seems like so long ago and uh you know and i don't know if you guys know but my girlfriend's job right we're like under strict quarantine so like it's no leaving yeah. the house it's nothing i'm like out on like long island right now we can't leave i mean we get everything we really need here but like that's it so like as i think it was jojo said he sees the same walls every day that's it i see the same walls every day and it's like when is that going to change and unfortunately i don't think it's going to change anytime soon so he's got to keep adapting mm -hmm. you know you know, it's refreshing, though. It's refreshing hearing that, like, in person, though. You know, because sometimes you psych yourself out, but just hearing it from other people and just knowing that you're not alone in the same situation, it, it is kind of comforting, you know, just seeing the same walls because <laughs> it really is that. It it feels mm -hmm. feels like <laughs> these are about to start needing pads on them. Right. <laughs> something, something I've done to kind of help that feeling, the pads, because I was feeling the same way, is... I moved, I did two things. I moved my setup next to a window. So if you have a window, that's something that kind of helped out a little bit. And then the second thing was I forced myself to go out for a run or a walk. And to do that, I also play a lot of Pokemon Go. Um, so it kind of like got me out to run and walk and also like play some video games at the same time because I can't get away from video games. Something that kind of helped me that may help you. Or anyone else in here? No, that's great. No, that's great. Yeah, I know you're on that Pokemon Go fix for sure. <laughs> um, so uh appreciate all you guys for that input. Um 
The next thing I just want to touch on, because Scan, you know, slightly brought it up, is, um, so he was talking about how he he kind of doesn't want, I I wouldn't want to say doesn't want people to know that he streams, but you know, kind of keeps on the down low when he's you know doing his boys chats and stuff like that. Um, so I'm just wondering, like, what are your guys' stance? Like, do you guys tell people you stream? Or because we're all streamers here, so like for me personally, I don't tell anyone at my work i just for whatever reason i just feel like i almost feel like the way i act is unprofessional and and, and i have to act you know 100 percent professional at work and i feel like maybe that would be interpreted the wrong way if i told people and shared my channel with you know my coworkers and stuff so you, you know mean you don't want your coworkers there for fireball friday <laughs> i mean probably not Probably not. So, um, yeah, I just I want to know what what's your guys' stance on that? Do you guys think there's any sort of stigma attached to that? I just say I'm a male entertainer, <laughs> <laughs> online male entertainer, and leave it at that. I think a lot of people can definitely, especially if they don't know Twitch or like heard of it before, and you're like, oh, I, you know, like, what do you do? And you're like, oh, I play video games online. It can come off really weird. Mm -hmm. like, to someone right out the gate if they don't know what it is so i don't personally like i don't necessarily hide it but i don't also go around mm -hmm. saying it and, like if somebody figures out and brings it up like where i work i'm the only kind of employee in my department but i have like 30 students under me so mm -hmm. they figured it out and they already know what twitch is so you know it's kind of a natural conversation there but like my boss or something doesn't understand it doesn't know what it is it's not something i'd go and like bring up either and you can definitely be very confusing for people if they don't kind of understand how it works or spend any time uh on the platform definitely yeah i i told my well i told like some of my close friends at work that i you know do the stream and stuff and well my old job i should say um and it was it was awkward at times because I don't know, they would kind of tease me about, oh, you're Mr. Big Shot or something like that. I'm like, no, it's just just a hobby. And I don't know, it's kind of, I kind of always have gotten a really weird feedback from people when I say that I stream on Twitch and everything like that. And so I've kind of like stopped telling people I stream and maybe they'll randomly find me on the internet. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm 36, yeah. so nobody my age knows what Twitch is. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. So, <laughs> like, what? The internet? I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> Didn't didn't uh, Al Gore make that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, in the nineties, <laughs> whenever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me though, I I don't really have any problem telling anyone that. I mean, they're like, "Oh, is that all you do?" I'm like, "No, I do a bunch of different things, like graphic design and whatnot." But you know, like, yeah, I also sit there and try and explain it to people. It's just, yeah, it's like this. It's like a YouTube, but you you're live on it, and they're like, "Oh, okay, I know what YouTube is." Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. <laughs> like, I'm a barber, so before the pandemic. I would like if a kid would talk to me about video games or something, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I stream. I'd be like, Oh yeah, I stream. Be like, oh, what do you stream? Be like, MLB. You'd be like, Oh, I don't play that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you stream Fortnite? And be like, yeah, do, do you stream Fortnite? <laughs> do you know how to floss? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um but now 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 the pandemic, now it's just like like yeah, I tell my <laughs> Like I said, like freaking all I text is my mom and a couple few people, and now I play in a flag football league, and sometimes I talk about it there, but it's just like only if it's brought up, you know. 
yeah definitely i'm usually like especially now it's like still anti-social you know <laughs> it's like mm -hmm. i don't even talk to people so it's like eh, i do this <laughs> let me ask this do your do your parents know that you stream and to the extent that you stream or do you because like i i like i don't really hide that shit from my parents but you know i can totally understand how they would they would think you're kind of like wasting your time or you know that you know just don't fully understand so you know yeah, mine wouldn't understand, so I haven't even said anything. Uh, my mom knows know about it. I, I, my dad has no idea the difference between YouTube and Twitch because he always <laughs> he always just interchanges them. But they know about it. They always ask, you know, always ask how it's going. Things That's of that sort. They don't understand it at all, but mm -hmm. they get the they get the general the general concept behind it. Definitely, I just think it's you know it. It, it's tough to talk about and then it's even tougher to talk about you know like your personal struggle or I, I don't know how i'd phrase it but you know i'll just speak from experience like sometimes when i when i'm getting ready to stream or i'm ready to hit that go live button there's just this sense of anxiety that sometimes creeps over me it's not every time but it, it definitely comes and goes and and sometimes i'll be you know i'll be halfway through a stream and i'm like am i do i even really want to be here like I, am i having a good time am i you know am i letting my viewers down by not you know giving the energy i know i can have and and stuff like that and that can just like eat me alive sometimes when i'm streaming and and i'll, I'll never say that on stream but sometimes i feel that in the back of my mind i'm just wondering if you, anyone feels the same about that I think everyone's oh, not oh, like that, right? I mean, like, that's just, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's different. It's like you, I could sit here and not say a word and listen to music and play a video game for five hours, not talk to anyone. But like, and that's what everyone does, right? But then you, when you start up a stream, it's like, I have to have all these, I say it all the time. You have to have like 50 different conversations with 50 different people. You have to remember all of their names. You have to remember like, try and remember their teams, you know. Uh, <laughs> their then, Twitter you know, handles. If, if, that are yeah, completely you know, different. You, know, and you get to a point, you know, if you, if you, you know, you strike out people, your entire chat's like, you suck. And then you got every person telling you, you suck. Right. And then you're like trying to like, I mean, no, you know, clutch, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, you know? dude, that's, yeah? oh, bro, this hits so fucking deep, man. But it's, it's like, it's like, I, I want nothing more. Now turn off stream and then I'll, I'll win three rank games. Right. And I want nothing more to be able to do all of those things at once, but I can't. So like my time on stream is just being a piece of shit at the video game and just talking to people in chat. That's also though, Paul, something to think about that too, kind of the mentality is you're playing to your strengths. Right. Is you're playing to your chat interaction. I think a lot of us in here play to our strengths and in chat interaction. Mm -hmm. That's something I've kind of reminded myself about is yeah, I suck at the game, but I will definitely, you know, interact a whole lot more than maybe some others out there. Well, I think um, in life and on Twitch, we're always going to be our harshest critics in general, where we just kind of feel like, you know, you may actually be doing an amazing job on stream, yep. or you may be doing an amazing job at your job, but you just naturally feel like you're not doing enough because, I mean, it just goes to it. As men, sometimes we feel like we're not enough. We just don't express that. So it's the same thing. Everything that we do, we're we're so challenging on ourselves. We feel we put ourselves on a pedestal to a mm -hmm. point where it's almost hard to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And if we didn't do it in that one stream, we're hard on ourselves. And it's just natural to feel like that. There's a um, lot of pride. I yeah, think exactly. it's I think it's uh, tough for Twitch too because you know everyone's goals change. You know as you go through it, like you know I never thought I'd be in the spot I am. So 
you know, now I'm like, okay, now what's next? And if I'm not hitting that, it's like, it, or if my sub count goes down or my view, and, and obviously I try my best not to look at these things, but you know, sometimes, you know, it, you know, when you're looking back, you're like, wow, this, you know, this, this was a rough stream or, you know, something like that. But then, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're doing well, but at the time it just feels tough. And uh, I, I think that's something unique to, to streaming is that, you know, it comes in, in, in waves, basically. You can have, you know, a great month and then the next month will be absolutely terrible. And it's maybe not even necessarily anything you did wrong. So what would you, yeah, you know, it feels like, year, sorry, go ahead. It kind of feels like something, you know, if you're not like not constantly growing or like each stream isn't better than the last and like you're failing. Even if like, if I were to look back from where I am now a year ago, my mind would be absolutely blown but then there's yep. you know days where there's a stream that a year ago would have been the greatest stream in my entire life that i view at now it's like man that wouldn't even that was a that was a trash stream like am i doing something wrong like is this it have it like have we already peaked are we just like sliding on the downhill slope now you know forever or like you know what you know what's going on here i think i think that a lot like oh maybe i've already you know reached the peak of what it's going to be and we've already you know we've already we've already done the best we can do and Mm -hmm. it's never going to reach that again or we're never going to have those moments again. I mean, I think on top of that, right, too, it's back to what we're saying. It's this whole year, right? And, like, more so this year, people are streaming for their only sort of revenue because they might have lost a job, right? And, like, I found that since COVID, I've hit this cap where I can't stream for more than three hours. Like you said, Day, like, you get that click, and, you know, we're like, yeah, like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Three hours for me is the max. Sometimes at two, I'm like, I'm out, you know, but like three is it. And like, if I get a four or five, I don't know what's going on that day, but it's just, it's an odd day. Like I can't, I can't stream for more than three hours. I don't know if anyone else has like a internal clock or a cap when you're streaming, but that's mine. Yeah, no, that, yeah, it's kind of the same for me too. Unless, you know, unless it's, you know, a really good day, then I'm, I'm going to try and ride the vibes out or, you know, right. someone hits you with a fat raid on hour three and you just want to keep going, you know, but yeah. No, definitely. And so, it, and it feels like a failure when you don't hit that number, too. And so sometimes you're just, like, dragging ass all the way to the third hour, and you're like, fuck. All right, dude, we finally I finally hit it. I looked it. down the other day. I was 45 minutes in the stream, and I looked down, and I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I got to get off. So I turned my viewer count off. I'm, I, I, it was a suggestion made to me because I was, I was so busy focusing on it my first couple months of streaming that, like, it'd be three people in there or four people in there. And instead of me just focusing on who was in chat at that time, I was focused on who wasn't in there. I was like, well, you know what? If I had 20 viewers right now, I'd probably be happy. Well, now that I get 15 to 20 viewers, I find myself saying, well, if I had 40 viewers, I might be happy. And I shouldn't mm -hmm. allow the numbers to dictate my happiness. I have to bring happiness to the stream and allow those that are watching it to be a part of my happiness. Uh, but I don't know about y'all. I turn my viewer count off and yep. it doesn't matter because as soon as I get done with stream, I go to stream manager. I check the statistics from the, <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's like, uh, I mean, I know you're like a newer streamer and I know most people have been streaming for a while or are familiar, but I think that's something that everyone definitely starts going through. But like, for me, I've had my best streams with 30 people and my yep. worst streams with over a hundred. And it's like, I've had streams where you'll have 30 people and you'll get gifted 50 subs. You'll have a stream for five hours, 100 people, you'll get two, right? So you can't even look at those numbers. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, whoever's there is there and, like, just do what, you know, just do the same thing you're going to do every day. You know, that's why people are there for you, so. Right. 
Yeah, the big thing I find with myself, especially is when I look at those numbers and stuff, I try to, like, they just me in general, I'm, like, the self-deprecating kind of humor kind of person. But, like, I look at the numbers and I'll be like, okay, I did this wrong causing this, or I think I'm just, it's just the way I am. People just don't like me for stuff like that. And I overanalyze them a lot of the time. And I think that's the, the biggest battle is looking at the numbers and trying not to take it personally. As in, like, oh, you're, it's about you. You're doing this wrong. You need to not do this anymore. And I always am constantly telling myself that when I have a bad day, I'm like, oh, God, this is just, I acted so wrong. I shouldn't have done this. Or I don't, sometimes I don't even know what that is. And I put it all on myself. I think that's just, like, the the biggest battle that I think many of us go through is not just that the numbers are bad, but it's, like, how do we not put that on ourselves for the blame? Because a lot of times it isn't, like, so many times they and I talk like mm-hmm. on Discord for the night and they would be like, Oh, it was just such a bad stream. Oh, I don't know what what happened. I'm just like, bro, it just happens. Like mm-hmm. it's not your fault. And I tell him that and then next day it happens to me. I'm like, Oh my god, this sucked. I had like it was just dead. I don't know what I did wrong. It's just the same old, same old. It's, and it's just like yeah. constantly it's... telling myself that. So do you and guys like have any uh... only... so, No, go ahead, Ants. I feel like that's something that's only been like made worse by this year. I know like personally I struggle with a lot. I just like time my self-worth to how I'm performing on social media. And I think part of that is in 2020 where at least for me, my life since March has essentially been work and stream and that's pretty much it, you know? So that if, when there's nothing else going on and there's nothing else that's, you know, maybe, maybe providing that, you know, something, something that's, you know, proving your self-worth. It's so easy to just tie it to how you're doing on social media, whether it's on stream or YouTube or whatever. It just makes it so easy to pair those two numbers together. And then it's kind of, it's hard to break out of that cycle. Definitely. Yeah, there's definitely ups and downs in content creation. That's for sure. It's definitely a huge mental battle and, I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of, sometimes I have a hard time reaching out to people and asking for help. And that's something that I'm trying to learn better is asking for help. Definitely. I, uh, Story of my I, tell, life, dude. I, I tell myself, like, when I'm looking at the numbers, like, I'll say like a couple months ago, like I was having great numbers, you know, and, you know, they fell off by like 30 viewers. And, and it was like, my anxiety went up. I was like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And then all that. And it was just like, and I just started slowing things down. I started just picking my own vibe, you know, I just, but, and then I, the, all the anxiety here, let me go back to anxiety part. Excuse me. <laughs> it was just like all these feelings, like, what did I do wrong? What did I do this? What did I do that? It's like, it's like you manifest all this anxiety on your, your own self. You know, you're putting all these expectations and these own goals on your own self. And these, like, um, it goes back to the, being a man thing is being a pride thing. It's like, you want to be the top in this. You want to be a top in that. You want to keep on going. You want to be like, you know, you want to keep on getting your numbers up. And, but freaking, what's it called? Then I just tell myself, you know what? It's a slow season, you know, just slow it down. Just, you know what? Just slow it down. If you got to whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's all right. Yeah, the game sucks anyway, striking. You know what I mean? The game <laughs> I think the most challenging aspect of Twitch too can be um, just like in life. You know, if you were in high school and and somebody just had 
you know nicer clothes than you right you just compare it but on yep. twitch it's the, it's a numbers game you know yep. so you compare numbers you'll see somebody um and like, like i know i'm a newer content creator so I, I can't do it as often as i do but i'll see somebody and i'm just like damn why can't i have 50 viewers you know or why can't i have it but you shouldn't do that it's just natural it definitely you is and, and that's the that's the anxiety part where we're just kind of hard on ourselves. Well, it's because, like, you know, a lot of, you know, success is based on these numbers in this game. And, you know, mm -hmm. actually, uh, if I could just segue this into one of the topics that I wanted to go over tonight, which works perfectly now, is we're all touching on it that we live in this world where it's just based on likes and dislikes. You and right. I made this post the other morning at 630 in the morning on Twitter where I had a dislike on a YouTube video that really only had like, you know, 200 views and like. 40 likes. I had a dislike on the video and I made this two long posts saying there's some sad people out there that just go around and like dislike videos. I'm like, it's true though. I mean, there are, no, there, listen, there are those people uh, out there. But right? you, okay. you see that dislike and you're like, why? And I'm just like, and I, I, I think I, not just by myself, but I, every single other person who streams or puts out content, it's, you have to go out of your way to press a dislike button. If you don't like a TV show, you just turn it off. Like you don't, you know what I mean? But like, it, it, it's so crazy that like, I don't know, maybe it's my own, this is my own thing that I deal with is it takes hours to like edit shit like that. Like everyone here knows that it, it's, it's yep. extra time it's out of your of time. Day. And then for someone just to go and dislike it, it's like, ah, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't see it on Twitch. You don't get dislikes on Twitch. You don't get dislikes on Twitter on youtube you're like man i took two hours in that and someone disliked it but that's the thing like it's so hard like and i got mad i just deleted i had the post up it was actually up for like five minutes and i just deleted it i was like i can't no i'm not gonna have that up it's such an internet culture because i don't know about y'all but i told i was growing up with my parents told me if you don't like anything just don't say anything at all you can ignore it just get rid of it i feel like this internet culture now yeah. is they have to tell you that they don't like your stuff instead of be like you know what i'm just not gonna ignore it i mean it's an interesting culture thing and people just hiding behind the screens a lot of the time. Well, I think a lot of people also that, that do the dislike, okay, it's perfectly fine not to like what I posted. What's not fine is I would prefer you to tell me what you didn't like. Yeah. Just give me constructive criticism. Say there was a certain part that you just disliked. Tell me that. Don't just dislike the video. Or you have those people out there that are just trolls that disliked it, didn't even watch it. So then and you respond to those trolls and they're like, oh, I just wanted attention. Hi, hi, hi. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Yeah, I got a couple of people that I know go on and you know, I don't get along with. And they'll, they, they're probably the ones who dislike my shit. I'm like, damn it. Like, uh, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I remember I, yeah. I, I, one of my videos has like 300 dislikes on it. And it's like, <laughs> that set me up for yeah. like nights and weeks thinking about. Sorry to laugh. Which is like, that. you yeah. know, to get 300 dislikes, it obviously had like an incredible reach. But instead of thinking about that, Right. They're like, dang, those 300 people really were like that, you know, upset or put off by what was put out there that they went through and disliked it or, you know, left some hateful comment or mean comment or something like that. And you, right. and you focus so much more on that instead of the good. It seems like kind of those mm -hmm. toxic comments or mean comments or the negativity thrives so much more instead of, you know, the positivity. Right. Because you mm -hmm. probably had how many likes on that video? You know, yeah. And then you didn't like even think about that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like. Well, that's yeah. that, that's how it is in life in general. A lot of times we appreciate we don't appreciate what's there for us, and we you know we we long for what's not there yet, and uh, that's 
that, that's kind of a similar aspect of it. We don't focus on the positive of it because that's just, once again, as men, how hard we on ourselves. We want to figure out what we did wrong because that's what the world, most of the time, the world will tell you, you did something wrong as a male. Mm-hmm. You know, so you always are constantly longing to figure out what it was that you did wrong, even though you did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Is that person having a bad day or something yeah. else going on in their lives that's not going right and they got to take it out on something and you're the closest thing they saw to take it out on. Yeah. And the biggest thing I find with that stuff, like especially when you have like such a large majority of people that like your content mm-hmm. and then like a couple people that are like, oh, you suck. Like it's always cause like like their their mentality is so warped off the first place. So like I don't want to act like like people disliking is completely Sorry. like irrelevant. But like a lot of times it's like it's not even you why they dislike your video or like whatever. Like like for example like on YouTube videos like you'll you'll suggest like a tip or something. People will be like, well I was looking for this. This didn't help me. When there are <laughs> ten of other people that are like, oh this actually is really useful. And it's just like, okay, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want out of me then. So, like, sometimes, like, you gotta... It's tough to tell yourself not to do, but, like, you gotta take the negativity and just, like, act like it's just like, okay, it's just something up with them. Don't put it on me. Um, If y'all don't mind me here, I've seen a comment in your chat, Dave, and I don't... If it's okay with y'all, it's a little off-topic from the Twitch aspect of things, but Thuni had made a comment where he was saying he likes us talking about anxiety especially with all the young men in here learning mm-hmm. to be more vocal. I think that's an amazing topic to talk about when it comes to this, because I know sure. me, um, when if, I wish what I knew as a younger kid was that it is okay to express your feelings. You know, mm-hmm. we get told so often as men, like you, I've noticed two things. Men literally only show two expressions, happiness and mad, nothing in between. So when you start feeling sad about something and the world says, well, that's not men-like, you know, I challenge any of you young men out there in your teens, if you experience anything, talk about it. You know, the same way we're doing here. If I would have known that as a kid, I probably wouldn't have been such a internally angry person. I wouldn't have held my bet, myself back because anxiety was, you know, so strong in my head. I didn't do the things that a lot of other people were doing because I felt like I was constantly being judged. But I wasn't. Yeah. You know, the only person judging me was me. And so uh, I challenge anybody out there that's young, like, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't don't hold in all those feelings. Talk about it, whether it's to your mom or to a friend or to don't be afraid to talk to anybody. hundred percent. Just on that topic. um, So I don't want to put you on the spot striking, but um, I know like your your stream, you cover a lot of this mental health and I know. I'll let you tell your story if you want, but I know you personally deal with a lot of things and I just, I just kind of want you to possibly talk about it and kind of, you know, how you've, you've dealt with your struggles and, and, and stuff like that. So I don't want to, I don't want to say too much, so feel free. No, to. It's all good. No, it's all good. It's going to get deep. Um, well, I'm striking Viking. My name's Ryan. Um, what's it called? I uh, I talk about mental health a lot on my stream because I'm a suicide survivor. I uh, what's it called? I'm a multiple suicide survivor. It's um, multiple incidents, um, self and self harm, um, from a noose to ODing on uh, what's it called? Painkillers when I was uh, 18 and um, what's it called? It was ibuprofen and I was on dialysis and whatnot. But um, what's it called? 
sorry it's gonna get scrambled right now <laughs> no worries <laughs> <It's> a lot <laughs> but um what's it called i was diagnosed bipolar when i was 18 when I, when that happened and um i was diagnosed with adhd when i was um four years old and uh, i was put on ritalin when i was four years old which um never do to a kid you never do to a kid you never put them on prescription drugs when they're four years old because their brain isn't even started to develop yet and what's it called i just from there on out until i was 16 years old i was put on adhd medication and whatnot and uh you know from Adderall to Dexedrine to Depakote. Well, now I'm on Depakote again because, like I said, I'm bipolar on on mood stabilizers. So, <laughs> which you could probably, I, I've mellowed out lately. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's um, it's been rough all my life because I've I've dealt with a lot of loss from in the army, from uh, from family to like family from with cancer to loved ones, and I've being bipolar and being somebody who's dealt with bipolar, it's um, it's uh, it's a it's a hard disease to go with through loss because um, uh, it doesn't feel real. It, you have a you have really hard times grounding yourself. Uh, you really don't know what's real and what's not most of the time. Like when I'm like, like streaming and all this and all this is going on with streaming. This still doesn't feel real, <laughs> but like it doesn't feel real most of the time. And then you just, you break down a lot. And so can I, can called? I, can I ask you what has, what has helped you out in dealing with these uh, oh, uh, other than the medicine? Cause obviously, I, you know, you take the medicine I, 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 to help I, I, the imbalances, I, but what, yeah, what it's uh, um, my wife, my wife, my family, uh, my son, um, it's it's been a lot it's been a fight my whole life because like my family didn't at the time they didn't think suicide was a thing you know they thought that it was it was it was weak it was it was cowardice they thought it was um you know it was you yeah. know um definitely just something you don't do you know they don't yeah. think it's real they don't think an imbalance is real they don't because you know, they, they, my family, like they're all, it's a military family, you know, like it's, um, we've, you push through, you just push, you know, mm -hmm. you like, don't, um, you don't talk about it. You just kind of like grit, grit like, it out and just try and try and force and, yourself to be happier. I, I don't even know. And like, and when, and then I got kicked out, I got kicked out and I was homeless and then I joined the army. And um, that really changed around my life because then I went to college and all mm -hmm. that, and I was able to change my life around and all that. Uh, and um, and what's it called? And then I met my wife in college, and she really helped from the jump because she she knew about my mood swings. She knew about like because with bipolar, it's it's just mood swings. It's, it's sometimes mm -hmm. it's uncon it's uncontrollable. It's uh, that's why they put us on mood stabilizers. It's, uh, it's freaking, it's a lot to deal with, especially in a family when your loved one has to see it all the time. And mm -hmm. you, <laughs> my, my wife, she's the biggest support system, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I, oh my gosh, my wife is such a blessing in my life. Um, she has saved my, she, she saved my life like the second time around with the noose 
um, like I, I strap my, a noose to my neck when, um, what's it called? Uh, and I, I threw myself down a flight of stairs and, um, she was dragging me up the stairs, dragging me up the stairs and she saved my life. And like, like I just vowed, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be here for you. You know, you know, I gotta be here for my family. I gotta be here for everybody. And, you know, and it's just been a lot of fight my whole life. You know, it's been a, a lot of fight my whole life because I've lost father figure, you know, and I've lost mm -hmm. so much. I've lost best friends. Well, I just want you to know just, that, you know, you're you're helping a lot of people out by sharing your story, man, because these are uh, these are things that that we don't talk about enough. And um, for you to, to talk about this and, and always have this as part of your stream and where people can can come to you and, you know, be open about how they're feeling. It's 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 really important, man. And that's what I want to get across from this conversation. God, that's like is, a confession that I like didn't even. Like tell my mom, you know, it's like, cause like people need to know about this because there's so many, there's so many people going through this. Like the 70% of suicide is like 70% of men, like suicide is men, you know, and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We hold all this shit into ourselves. You know, when we put on this freaking smile, you know, and we just tell everybody, Oh, it's okay. It's mm -hmm. okay. Everything's fine. You know? And we just we just push through, we push through, we push through, you know, because we have so much love for the people around us that we gotta push through for them, you know, and we we take all this pain on our backs for them, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you know, it's it's almost too much to bear. Honestly. That, kind of what striking's talking about. That was the reason why when you had uh said you were doing this and Big props to you, uh, striking to, to tell your story because it's often hard to do that, especially in front of not just one person, not just to even to your best friends, but to 50, 60 random people. And when you I, said you were doing this, uh, day, uh, it was the reason why I hit you up because, like, like striking said, we all feel this way, we just don't know how to express it. We all have a background maybe a different background, maybe, but we all come from that anxiety. I'm pretty sure everybody on this panel right here has dealt with anxiety or some form of depression that was caused by something different than the next man, but we all feel it, you know, and that was the whole reason I wanted to come on here and, uh, and tell my story as well. Uh, and I, like I said, I greatly appreciate you uh, striking because that was honestly, man, that was big for you to be able to say something like that in front of everybody. Definitely. Nice. Thank you. Thank yeah, man. You. I mean, thank thanks you for sharing that striking. Like, yeah, thank you, dude. I, I, and like, I mean, most people in here know, like, I've talked about it. And, and dude, honestly, striking, it's like I have the same feeling. I mean, not, you know, we're not, I'm not comparing mine with no, you. No, don't. Hey, hey, don't. Uh, hey, don't but no, I mean, I have the same, it. I had the same like hard time telling everyone that I was an alcoholic. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't know depression until I was 30. And then when I was 30, I got divorced. I was doing great in my job. I got divorced. Uh, and then my job started going down. I started drinking more. I was drinking a big ass handle of vodka whiskey, well, whiskey for probably about four years straight every night, like, and killing it in my job. 
you know, like I was in finance 12 years total. And like, and then, uh, I remember all of a sudden I had, this is about a little over two and a half years ago. Now I was at work probably, uh, you know, left the bar at two in the morning. Like I always did showed up to work at six, probably still drunk, right. Slept for two hours, whatever. But I was used to, I could function like this. And, uh, all of a sudden I had like this, I don't know if you ever had an anxiety attack, which most of the times when you, it sounds like a pretty wimpy thing to most people, but I literally couldn't do anything. It was like debilitating. Mm-hmm. I was, I couldn't move. I didn't want to go to work. And I took like a two month leave from work, did that two more times throughout the year. And then I just quit. Cause it was, you know, but with the thing I didn't stop was drinking. And that's, you know, I know I've talked about it a little bit on, on uh, stream and on Twitter, but that's been a hard thing to do this year, especially this year during COVID is yeah. to, cause there's no bars, but you could still get alcohol delivered to your house. And, Definitely. I, you know, and when you're not doing shit all, you just start drinking and maybe not everyone, but that's me. And like, it's funny, like when you guys were talking about like, Oh, going out to bars and stuff, man, I miss that stuff too. But not anymore like it's so weird in the past like just like 30 days man like not really just trying to put my mind in other places yeah so this you know? is so this is day 30 for you right that you've been sober right yeah, dude. yeah dude. well congrats yeah. man Yo, congrats congrats, dude. congrats yeah congratulations there we go yeah, congrats, congrats dude you know what's tough it sucks because like I want to be like, I want to drink Fireball Fridays with Day and <laughs> oh God. my old dreams where like I pounded like just whiskey upon whiskey, like dude. It's... And I watch those and I don't remember that. And that's <laughs> actually one of the scariest things too, which I know this, you know, a lot of people deal with this and then you get people who say like, oh, you like weird alcoholic and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I've been through some shit, right? And like mentally. And once I realized that depression and mental, you know, illness was a thing, that made it worse and then you know i take medication and i would drink on that and then then i started like actually blacking out there's probably like i no lie when i say this between the age of like 32 and 34 35 there's like i don't remember much of that at all like it's just gone <laughs> and like i'm you know i've been i there's been times i've i've been to rehab i've been to rehab for alcohol and i stopped drinking for nine months and uh and then you know I started having issues in the relationship I was in and I started drinking again because of depression and I didn't know how to deal with anything. Right. You don't know how to deal with things. And, uh, cause again, like, you know, Jojo was saying too, like my dad was an alcoholic and he never taught me emotion. Right. He never taught me how to, mm-hmm. I never talked to my dad about anything. And I think that's why I have a sour relationship with my parents now too. You know, like I don't talk to my parents that much because I kind of blame them for that. But, yeah. um, anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't really know the ways that I like have made it past this through like the 30 days, but if I can literally do that and just do drinking might seem fun, but you got to like watch yourself. And I, Definitely. if you're someone who likes things in excess, like I do, I just told my girlfriend this today. It doesn't matter what it is, dude. If I'm, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to drink, right? If I'm going to stream or play, I'm going to do it to a hundred percent until it wears me out and breaks me down. <laughs> right. So this I just can't how, do it. I can't drink. You know, this is I can't. <laughs> this is how I see it. Like, say, like with mental health and anxiety, you know, like, and being like a survivor, like, freaking, say, two hundred days have passed by, or almost three hundred or three hundred something days have passed by in this year, right? I've gotten through all of those days. For me, that's every day has been a success. <laughs> if I've gotten through every single day, 
All right. Definitely. I'm alive. I've made it to the next day. Mm-hmm. All right. You've had 30 successful days. If you make it to the next day, that's 31. You make it to the next day, that's 32. That's 32 successful days. You know, I've, you know, we're pushing, you know, we're powering through. You know, we've made it this many so-and-so successful days. You know what I'm saying? Well, I just think in general, too, it's like we are literally probably dealing with, just in general this year, probably one of the most stress-inducing, anxiety-inducing times that has probably ever been around with everything going on in this world. And it's, you know, I think we all have to pat ourselves on the back that we're, you know, we're still... We're still here, man. We haven't given up. We're still streaming. We're still trying to put smiles on faces. We're we're out here and we're, you know, and I think we all need to do, we all need to look in the mirror and think, you know, and thank ourselves for, for keep pushing be, because it's tough, man. It's, it, there's, there's been times when I just want to, you know, take a week off or a month off. And, you know, I know I, I can't do that to myself because, because of the joy that I get from all this. So, you know, mm-hmm. Well, like I said, the the reason I wanted to come on here is because when I seen what you were talking about, I wanted to share my story because I think so many out there have this mindset that I've had for so many years. Uh, I'm 27. I know I'm a little uh, younger compared to some and a little older compared to others. Um, I had this mindset uh, every day that, you know, I started off life with a single mom. Um, I would go visit my dad's and he was an alcoholic and you know, some, not the typical story, but it does happen to a lot of people. Um, I had six total brothers. Uh, and as the oldest, I was always kind of looked to as the rock, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had to always be the rock for my family, for my mom, for anybody around me. And so anytime I came into a situation, I always told myself, Hey, it's okay. Tomorrow's another day. Right. So, um, you know, I, I abused as a kid, picked on growing up because I've always been a bigger kid, uh, picked on growing up. And it's just mentally exhausting. Every day is mentally exhausting. Uh, but I always just told myself, hey, the next day, it'll be a better day, right? Tomorrow will be a better day. And so you go through every day thinking tomorrow will be a better day. And then when I was 12, my uh, baby brother was murdered, my little uh, one-year-old brother. Um, and I showed no emotion, no emotion because my mom was crying and my brothers were crying and I was like, Hey, I'm the rock. I'm the rock. Right. Tomorrow, tomorrow will be a better day. And then I was uh, 18 and I had a brother who had muscular dystrophy disease and um, he passed away. I was my best friend. You know, I talked to him about everything and I was my best friend and he passed away from muscular dystrophy disease. We always knew it was going to happen, but I didn't cry because Hey, everybody else around me was crying. So I told myself, Tomorrow will be a better day, right? You smile and you push through because you got to be the rock for everybody else around you. And um, so I went through and I'm just like a striker. I just never really went through with it. I've contemplated suicide so many times. And uh, the breaking point to me wasn't even from my family. I witnessed a woman die right in front of me. And uh, we were trying to get me, my wife, and my best friend were trying to give her CPR. And she passed away right in our arms. And that was my breaking point. Like, I, I told myself, this isn't life. You know, like, this isn't what is right. 
and I went to the hospital and uh, got diagnosed with depression and anxiety, um, was deemed suicidal. And um, the reason I tell you the story is not to make you sad. It's not to make you feel for me. It's to tell you that there's nothing wrong with not feeling okay. Like there's nothing wrong with sitting there and saying, hey, I have to get this out. I have to cry. I have to tell somebody because the only person you're hurting is you. Mentally, it's exhausting. Physically, it's exhausting. I, I've, I've talked to Paul before. I told him this. Like the hardest part of the day at times is getting out of the bed. Well, you dude, dude I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to interrupt you, Jojo, but I just want to say one thing because you keep touching on it. We don't have to be the rock for everyone else. You know that, right? I mean, you know that now. Right now, yeah. Yeah, now. And I think that's a lot of things, like, I think striking touched on it. You touched on it. I don't know about anyone else in chat if they ever felt that way. But, like, that's where, when I got divorced, right, because everyone, you know, my wife relied on me, everything. All of it was on me, everything. And then when that was, when that crashed, it came down, right? But now I realize you don't got to be the rock. You don't have to be the rock. You can be the rock, but you you also have your wife striking, has his, you know what I mean? Like, you have these other people now that you know you can reach out to and touch which exactly. makes you stronger, you know? Just exactly. Lean on those people too. Lean on them. Don't hold it in because then you start to take it out on those people. I've took out so many things because I didn't learn not to be the rock until a few years ago. I've been with my mm -hmm. wife for years now. And honestly, same thing with striking. My wife saved my life. My, my Everything about me today, I owe it to my wife because she has given me life and uh, she's allowed me to understand that I don't have to be the rock for her. I, I don't, you know, and she doesn't have to be the rock for me, but anytime I go through something, she's given me a safe place to tell her anything and not be judged and not feel judged. You have to find your safe place. There's no problem in confiding in somebody and opening up to somebody. And I, and I want y'all to know that because plenty of, I see plenty of people in your chat right now, Dave, that are 14, 15, 16, mm -hmm. If I knew this at 14, 15, 16, I could have felt mentally fresh a lot younger and I could have done a lot more things that I held myself back from. Definitely. So if we had the resources then, if we had the resources then. <sighs> well, I think yeah. this should also teach, teach people that like there are people out there that are willing to listen to you too, you know? Because sometimes we feel like we're being a nuisance by, you know, putting our problems on a to someone else and um you know i mean i know some of you guys pretty well some others i don't but just the fact that you guys are sitting down having this conversation with me shows me that you know it's you we're all willing to talk about it because we all deal with it and i think more people need to realize that and and not be so afraid to to reach out well, I challenge anybody in chat who is feeling some way at a, especially, like I said, I just seen Ty guy just now, he's 17. I challenge people like you to join the next one, Ty, and talk today, you know, and talk to him. And, 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 and I'm not saying you have to, because there's nothing wrong. Like I'm not, you, I'm, nobody should force you. Nobody should tell you how you should deal with things. That's another big issue with the world is so many people tell you how you should deal with it well, you shouldn't resort to this or you shouldn't resort to that or it's okay, just get over it. Like that's never something you should tell somebody because you don't know the effects of what they're going through. But I challenge y'all to be able to, at some point in your life, open up, open up to somebody. And, and honestly, this was big because I've never told anybody. I've told some people about some things, 
but I've never told anybody that what I just told y'all and it takes a lot, but honestly, just telling you, I feel more refreshed even just now. Like I just feel more refreshed. I think that's a, that's like a big obstacle that especially like as men, we have to overcome. It's just like that fear or, cause I know, I mean, there was a point where, you know, I was in a rough place and I remember one night, Thankfully, I had the right of mind to be like, okay, I need to just not be, you know, I was just alone at my house, just sitting there, just sulking around. And I remember I went over to my parents' house. And like, as soon as I walked in the front door, I just like collapsed. It was just crying and bawling. And thankfully, I was able to talk to them. But like, even in that moment, they were like, hey, let's go get additional, you know, let's find somebody who's a professional, somebody else to talk to. And I said, no, even in that moment, because I was scared and embarrassed of, what other people would think, what, how that would go. And, you know, I never, you know, thankfully I made it through that without, you know, ever pursue anything else, but, you know, obviously there's people who don't. So I think that, you know, getting over that, that embarrassing feeling, or I'm scared to talk about things, or I don't, you know, don't want to be judged in that. I think it can be one of the biggest hurdles that we have to overcome. Yeah, no, that's true. That's how the world makes you feel though, especially mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. And for any women in chat, I see Shawnee in there. This is nothing towards you. It's just from an early age as men, we're just told like any emotional side of things, push it to the side. Like it's not, that's not men like. Mm -hmm. And so it gives you this scared feeling of, well, if I'm feeling some kind of way, let me not express it because of how it's going to make others feel about me. And that's just how society paints men. As yeah, because you you're, you're a pussy if you tell us them on your feelings. Yeah, and exactly, just like that. Just that's just how society paints men in general. Yeah, that's like so, not even that's just that's just what it is, dude. That's I mean, if you tell someone your feelings, you're just a pussy. Yeah, or that's at least how it's been. I don't know if that's, yeah. is that still the same thing. Like this is a really boomer question of me, but like anyone who like maybe has like younger kids, like I mean. This is what's crazy to me too. Like I, I see, I see some kids on Twitter right now, right? Who in the MLB community who were like 16 and, and they're like, man, I'm not in a good mental place. I never would have said that at 16 years old. Right. Yeah. So I, I congratulate that person for saying that, but like, are people like taking advantage of these resources that we now have? Like striking said what you were fed Ritalin when you were like four. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. Dude, yeah, Ritalin, Ritalin was, was what they gave you when you were young age to just shut up. Cause they didn't know. Right. right? They, yeah, they, yeah, this yeah. bouncing off the walls. Give dude, me some Ritalin. I, I don't think I you guys think everyone shit. used to be on Ritalin, dude. <laughs> I, I I saw shit when they put me on that. Yeah, I was bro. literally four. That's wild. That's wild. But I mean, like, is this a thing though? Like, our parents now? I mean, I know we're still all kind of young here, and none of you must have kids. But like, is it is it changing at all? My you know, uh, the stigma behind it. Does anyone know? My fiance, uh, like, she deals with. Uh, she's a therapist, marriage, family therapist, and. She deals with kids um, as young as like six, I think, right now, doing online therapy through Zoom and all the way up to 40. And she says there's a lot more um, insurance companies paying for therapy and such because therapy ain't cheap. It's 150, yeah. 200 bucks an hour because that's another thing that's scared me from going to therapy. All their stuff is like you have medical insurance, but not all of it's covered. And you look at the pay, pay it's like I would love to get some help, but man, I can't afford $600 for this month for whatever. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I've seen a lot more kids too, cause I've helped out at, at uh, her daycare a little bit and a lot more kids are seeing therapists and stuff like that, at least in that, in our area, which is good to see men and women. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that cause my, 
my I had to do this assignment for like one of my classes, and I was I had to ask some people I knew like what's like one thing they can improve in schools, for example. And the first thing my younger sister, who's in middle school, said was giving students access to mental health resources in the school. Like the first thing she said is like make sure students have this stuff on lock. I believe and just that. in general, I think a lot of a lot of younger people emphasize it now, which I think is a great thing to see because there's like our age of people, even like me, even though I'm younger, still a lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about this stuff. And, you know, hopefully it's something that you continue to see grow because, yeah, this stuff is serious, man. And I'm glad that you guys are talking about experiences you have because, I mean, obviously me, I I'm someone who's been really lucky in the position that I am right now. And it does hearing what you guys go through is that it really is eye opening because you never really know what's behind the person when you they turn that stream on or you hear them talk to other people and you hearing you guys talk about this stuff, man. Like there's so much crap that we all deal with, man. It's so even like on this aspect, it's tough to really discuss that with you guys. And I'm glad that you guys are doing this for real. And I thank you guys for telling your stories, man. Seriously. I think we, you know, I think it makes me respect everyone a lot more too, because, you know, we, you know, a lot of, a lot of times we put on a persona or, you know, we try and be ourselves as much as we can, but you know, you're always going to have that different streamer voice or attitude or whatever when you hit the go live button. You know, we're not always crazy 24-7. I don't know, maybe Paul is. I believe that much, but... <laughs> but I, you know I what, think... You know what's funny? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I'll say a second. Yeah. No, I just think it's it's good for, for you to open up more about your personality and stuff like that and the experiences that you've shared because a lot of people are, you know, can, can share the same thing and it's just another thing that, you know, is, is something that you know, people can relate to. So, yeah, you know, it, it's so funny though, because when I ask the question about the young kids, you know, uh, is, it, is it changing? Is it, I go back to my, the way I was raised, right? It's in my head. And I'm like, damn, I'm not putting my kids in therapy, right? And that's not offense to anyone. That's just mm -hmm. like, I don't want my kid to be in therapy. That sucks. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like, and it, it, it does suck. I'm not trying to offend anyone when I say that. I just don't, I don't want my kid to be in therapy. I just, I think what we would all want is our kid to not have, never have to go to therapy, never have to yeah. be depressed, never have mental yeah. health issues. But clearly it happens and it's there and it's just everyone goes through it. So that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. was no, and definitely. that all comes down to like, like, let's say like conditioning of the mind. Like when I was growing up, I was raised a single mom, you know, single mom. Like my grandfather, he was my father figure. Uh, my, my dad left when I was three, came back when I was 11 back for five months he was out the door again you know it's like when you see like so many like people come in and out of your life it's just like you're being conditioned you know yeah you're being conditioned as a kid and it's it's the household they're being brought up in it's it's that you know and and it's neglect it's a lot of neglect you know yeah. there's not reading the signs it's not you know like <laughs> it's Okay, I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but it's kind of like what Andrew just said. It kind of plays off of Paul's point a little bit, and even your point. Andrew just said he don't trust his parents to even tell them anything. That is the issue that a lot of kids face is mm -hmm. they don't they can't confide in in the the people who yeah. brought them into this world. Like they can't. So confide. tough. The one person you should be able to trust more than anybody. And it's not the case. It should be your parents. And that's not the case for everybody. Um, and that that's what can be kind of what's hard. it called? But but what's it called? Kids shouldn't feel that way at all either. I feel like 
I feel like every kid should, if they feel some way, they they got to say it. They got to mm. say it. I know it's so hard. I know it's so hard. If you feel some way, you got to say it. You know, before, like, seriously, before it's too late. Sometimes it's like, seriously, before it's too late. Sometimes you just you just sit on yourself for so long, and then it's just like, it's done. It's done. Mm-hmm. You buried yourself. Or go to a counselor. Go to the counselor at school. Trust me, they are there for that. Mm-hmm. They are exactly there for that. So um, I appreciate all you guys, man. Seriously, um, this has been a a great conversation. One of one of my favorites um, that I've probably ever had, honestly. Um, and I just I want to leave some. You know, if you guys have any closing remarks for today or or anything like that. Um, if we can have some mod shout out all these guys, I know it's probably a long task, but um, these guys are all out here streaming. You know weekly and i encourage every single one of you guys to follow them if you guys haven't already um just incredible people and i just thank you guys so much for for sharing your guys' stories and and hopefully we we helped a few people out along the way you guys have any i i i appreciate you putting this together to be honest i appreciate you putting this together and um the having an opportunity to share my story and you know, spread some awareness and talk about mental health and, you know, maybe we inspired somebody tonight. I hope yeah, so. Thank you, thank, thank you to everyone sharing all their uh, stories. It's really took my breath away just listening to Viking's story and JoJo's and Paul's and, um, you know, everyone else's stories as well. It's, you know, it's great to hear everyone kind of just expressing how, what happened to them, how they're feeling. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's good. I think that's why I love Twitch about it's, which is more than just gaming. It's like a family experience. And, you know, we spend so much time together. Sometimes we spend more time on Twitch than we do with our real families and on Twitter and such. So it's nice to kind of <laughs> to get to know the face behind the camera a little bit more. Um, I think it's like the best part, the happiest part I get out of Twitch, is just like getting to know people more on a personal level and, you know, stuff like that. So really appreciate y'all sharing everything. It's great to hear all that. Definitely. I mean, it, w- it honestly, without you, Clutch, I probably wouldn't even be here, to tell you the truth. Oh, you're too that's kind. Like, as the smallest content creator here, that's how I feel about all of y'all. I was telling Ants this last night. Uh, uh, a lot of y'all, when I was first, first starting, I've hit y'all up, and y'all have actually responded and answered many of questions and, you know, guided me through it. And I look at a lot of y'all's content as an uh, inspiration and that's how I feel the same way. Same way you feel about Clutch is how I feel about everybody on this panel in, in a different way. Like, y'all all bring different content to the table, but I enjoy every single one of y'all's content. So just to let y'all know, a lot of us look up to people like even y'all. Even when y'all think that you they don't, even us content creators look at other content creators and look up to y'all. Appreciate that, can, man. Can, 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 can I say something real fast here? Just in this, I mean, this is my closing remark of it all. Everyone's got to stop giving a shit about what other people think about their content and what they do. That's true. Like Mm -hmm. from here on out, like that, honestly, like stop comparing yourself to everyone because we all do it. Mm -hmm. Stop worrying about your views. Stop doing anything and relate this to anything in life. Mm -hmm. If what you think you're doing is right, do it. 
and don't worry about what anyone else says. Don't let anyone get in your way of anything you want to do, honestly, because like it's again with that YouTube thing I was talking about, right? It's like when I deleted that Twitter, I'm like, no, because then that's the person who disliked is going to see that and be like, smile, right? Mm -hmm. And they're going to get like, just go through, do what you got to do. Like, don't compare yourself anymore. People were there to watch your streams. This goes to anyone, you know, people are there for you, Mm -hmm. right? They like you. There's something about you. They like, they're there for you. Don't give a shit. If someone has 900 viewers, it doesn't matter. Yep. You got your 30, you got your hundred, you got your 200, you got your five, you got your two. Who cares, man? Commander root will always be there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> or Twitch prime reminder. <laughs> uh, this is a, a good conversation, guys. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, per I'm, this has been a great conversation. Cause like, it's a good conversation. Cause I, personally haven't related to a lot of the issues you guys have dealt with so it's been a great learning experience hearing about what you guys deal with and like especially me i've run into people who stop by streams and stuff and they deal with their own crap and like being someone who's like an outsider looking in at a lot of this stuff sometimes i don't know what to say or how to think about this stuff because like i don't i'm lucky to be in the position i am right now where like i i don't have to deal with a lot of these issues luckily because i have a i have a very close family i'm got a great friend system i've built up on here and outside of it and i'm really lucky to to be in a position that i am and it's really almost humbling just to hear all the stuff that you guys go through and see you guys still stick through and be as strong as you guys are and um just in general i mean like i went got into this in the first place because i started to suck in college and i was taking it on myself so i got into streaming to distract myself for it and i don't know if you guys are also in the same boat as me but you know we start for some sort of reason and for me that reason was distract myself from beating myself up mentally about struggling in school and thinking what i want to do was what i wanted to actually do and beating myself up mentally and hearing you guys talk about all this stuff really makes me more comfortable to reach out to other people about this stuff because like even like Today, I still feel very uncomfortable reaching out to people in the first place about stuff. Like, one thing I always deal with is just being socially anxious and reaching out to people and talking about stuff like this. I always think that if I talk to someone, like, they're going to think badly of me because I'm asking them a question. Or if it's, like, so, even so with my family, it's, like, I sometimes feel uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we you guys talked about what you did because it makes me, makes me feel a little bit better about that because listen, we all go through shit, and it's good to... uh. You have to talk about it, man. Did, and did I just hear it scan cuss? <laughs> no. I already talked about it. Forgot to hit the beep. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. My virgin ears. Oh my god, that's gotta be a first. All right. Hey, Anz, do you have any anything you'd like to send us off with? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, um, you know, for anyone, hopefully for anyone listening out there i hope it's you know if anyone is struggling i hope it's been eye-opening that it's not just them because i felt that a lot of times especially in the age of social media where you sit there and on social media all it is is people's highlights and you Mm -hmm. compare that to your lowlights you know if you're going through instagram and this person's married and this person has a kid and this person has a house and this person's on vacation you compare that to you at your lowest comparing it to somebody else at your highest then it's so easy to just feel like you're alone through it all and so I think, I hope that's, you know, one thing that gets taken out of this is that, you know, 
we've all we've all we've all had our moments of, of struggle we've all had our things that we go through and it's definitely not a solo journey through all that definitely all right well this is gonna you know be it for us for the first episode and um you know you guys are always welcome to come back um you know, i appreciate you guys taking out your time to 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 talk with us